This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Steve Garufi. Steve's been a Valley resident for about a year now. He's been in Colorado for 21 years. He's lived in BV, Colorado Springs, and Trinidad before finally making his way here. He's a mental health therapist by training, but what we're going to talk about today is his enthusiasm for bicycling. He's about to embark on his fourth cross-country bicycle trip. Steve, thanks for joining us today. It's good to be here, Gary. Now, I know I speak for uh, those out there uh, in radio land when I say, are you crazy? I mean, come on, this is, a, this is a huge thing. How do you transition from just going, hey, I'd like to ride the bicycle, to going, hey, I think I'll ride across country? Gary, there's no doubt it's crazy. There's no question that it's crazy to ride your bicycle across the country. And I have done it three times. The funny thing is I will be going on my fourth trip in 12 days. And I'm just as nervous. I'm as wild as that sounds. I'm just as scared about going for this fourth time. Probably, probably because I know what it takes to do it. When you go from uh, trip to trip, does your route vary? My route generally does vary. For my first three trips, I did a southerly route, roughly from Southern California. Two times I finished in Georgia. The third time I finished in Florida. For this trip. I'm starting in Newport Beach, which is in Orange County. Mm-hmm. This time I'm riding up to Washington, D.C., and then eventually to the Atlantic Ocean in Delaware. Wow. Uh, how long does a trip like that take as a solo bicyclist? You've got to look at a Bike Across America trip as a one-day-at-a-time type of thing. Every day, for, for me, at my age, in my upper 40s, I'm looking to bike about 50 to 60 miles a day. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take about seven to eight weeks to do it. And you just have to have a one day at a time mentality of saying, all right, just for today, I just need to have a 50 to 60 mile bike ride Mm -hmm. each day to get to the next town. (laughs) I took up cycling 15 years ago and I got my first road bike and I was just biking around town and I realized the fitness was so good. And then I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a week off work, and I'm going to bike across Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so there was the summer, about 15 years ago, a friend drove me and my bicycle to the Kansas-Colorado state line, and then he just left me there. And it took me nine to 10 days to bike all the way to the other side of the state, and I finished at the Four Corners Monument. Mm -hmm. After that, then the dream was born, and I thought, okay, if I can bike across Colorado... What if, I, what if I just bike across a number of states all in succession? So, Steve, as you ride across the country, have all three of your trips been west to east? They have been west to east. Is there an inherent advantage? Wind strikes me that it'd be more favorable, but I don't know if that's true. Is that, is well, that... I'm not a weather expert, but people talk about the prevailing winds. And for all three of my trips, in at least the western states and on the plains, Uh, especially in the springtime, which is when I usually go, there are many more days where the wind is at my back as opposed to a headwind. So that's part of it. So what's your favorite state or area to bicycle through? Well, I I love all of the western states. Arizona with the Suaros and the, 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 the lush Sonoran Desert. And then you do have mountains as well. But the good thing is, is they're not as intense 
as Colorado's mountains. So you at least get plenty of good workouts where you go up and then you go down. Every day there's usually a moderate mountain pass that you Mm -hmm. have to go over. So what's the toughest state that you bicycle in? Well, on previous trips, my toughest state, the first state that comes to mind is Mississippi because the engineers, Mississippi roads, there just weren't, there wasn't any shoulder at Mm. all throughout the entire state. It was about 200 miles going across. You have no shoulder. Sometimes there was a rumble strip right there Uh and it was, you had no room for riding. So it was a little tougher in some of the Southern states where they don't have shoulders. I was thinking about that uh, there's a lot of roads with narrow shoulders, even in Colorado. You must have some close calls with traffic. Well, yeah, occasionally. I have a rear-view mirror on my helmet Mm. that I swear by now. Uh, For years, I didn't have one. But then a friend said, hey, you should put a rear-view mirror so that you can see when cars are coming behind you. And it really does help to know. You can kind of just... You know, just with a quick glance, you can see if a car is seeing you, if they're just going a little bit towards the middle of the road. Exactly. And that's helpful. Exactly. Now, you're doing this solo. Is there any kind of caravan, an entourage, a riding partner, or it's just you and your bike? Well, it's just me and my bicycle. So that means if there's any flat tires, I've got to fix them on the side of the road. I do have to be self-sufficient. However... Because I've got many friends around the country and some social media influence, I do have some people that are going to be meeting me on the road. And actually, uh, for the first two days of my trip, I have a friend in California that will be riding out roughly about 100 miles over two days uh, with me. I also have another friend in Oklahoma that's going to ride with me for two or three days. Oh, that's, that's fun. That's fun. Now, when you're on, your, on the road, do you camp? Do you stay in motels? How does that work? Some cross-country cyclists will carry their camping gear, they'll bring their tent, and they'll find a place to camp. And those, I, and those bikes look awful. They're, they're loaded with stuff. I mean, it just, exactly. you know, that really adds to the weight. It, for sure. I personally, I need, I, I need a shower, I need a bed, I need a good night's rest. So I, I try to find the cheapest motel I can in the town that I'm staying in each evening. So what about food? Uh, I have you. I picture you stopping at Dairy Queen when you're in Texas and Waffle House when you're in the Southeast. It, that's, but that's probably not the best diet. Well, the, the funny thing is, yes, you do need to eat healthy, especially in the morning and in the afternoon as you're riding. You don't want to overfill up. You do want to eat healthy things like fruits and, and you, know, you, you want to avoid junk food. But then the beauty is, usually in the evening, after a long ride and after you've gotten into a rhythm and your body's really starting to get into shape, you can eat anything you want in the evening and cheeseburgers, <laughs> you name it. You can, you, know, you can get away with eating it. So, so yeah, you, you burned a fair number of calories that day, I suppose. So what's the feeling like when you see the ocean at the end of one of these two-month journeys? Well, let me, answer, let me tell you that this way. On my last trip two years ago, I remember I was in central Texas, and I was only maybe about 40% of the way to the Atlantic Ocean. And already I was thinking, okay, this isn't that much fun. I just want to be finished. Let's just pack on the miles and finish as soon as possible. That kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and that lasted almost until the end of the trip. And then when I got to the final day, all of a sudden the euphoria and the joy came, 
And then, yes, when I got to the Atlantic Ocean, I was so happy. I was so overjoyed. And I remember telling my friend, my friend met me there at the beach, and I said, oh, my gosh, it was so worth it. I'm so glad I did this. Are you one of those Coloradans whose uh, bicycle is worth more than your car? Well, my 11-year-old car probably is still worth more than my bike, but it's getting close. <laughs> so what, what, are, what bicycle will you be riding? My bike is a basic road bike. I bought it 10 years ago. It's, it's a Trek 1.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made of aluminum, so it's reasonably light, but it's not as light as some of the the speedsters. It's not a real high tech bike. Uh, it's not a high tech bike, but it's a good solid mm-hmm. road bike. Mm-hmm. And I will have the I will have a rack on the back with the panniers and the trunk box in the back. But it certainly isn't as much because I'm not bringing my camping gear. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have to be meticulous about bringing less with you because you'll be carrying all that weight on the back of your bike for a long time. <laughs> for sure. This is your fourth trip. Uh, I understand on your first trip, you documented some of your experiences uh, with, uh, with a book, Under a Triumphant Sky. Why, why a book? Well, it was always my dream on top of biking across America to write a book. And after, this, after that first trip in 2008, there was no question I had to tell my story. That first trip was wild. It was scary. It was my first time. So at that time, I didn't even know if I could do it. And there was so much adversity that I had to overcome on that first trip, including I had my bicycle stolen in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> uh, now, that's, that'll set you back. How did you uh, get around that one? First of all, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. I actually went into a restaurant to use the restroom I was only gone for about five minutes, and when I came back outside, the bike was gone. Mm. Everything was gone except for what was on me, which was my wallet, my camera with my precious pictures, and my phone, and of course, the clothing on me, but mm-hmm. that was it. So did you uh, find a bike shop and uh, make a purchase in Phoenix? I was stunned. There was so much going on through my mind. In short, I shared on social media that my bike was stolen, and people were going bonkers. They were so upset for me. And I had one friend in Minnesota that he, he, he called me and he said, Steve, there's no way I can let your, your bike trip end. Let, let, me, let me buy you a new bike and you can work for me later on. And that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> so who's the most interesting person you've ever met on the road? There's so many people that come to mind. The one, the one story that I think about was I was in Mississippi, and I was biking through the Mississippi Delta. Earlier in the morning, I crossed the Mississippi River on this rickety two-lane bridge. And on that day, I had four flat tires. And it was one of those things where I'd go about 10 miles, and then I'd get a flat. Then I'd go another 15 miles, I'd get another flat. And I was going crazy about why am I getting so many flats? So... By the end of the day, I'm in this convenience store, and I'd biked about 65, 70 miles. And I was in line. I bought a drink. And this guy behind me says, are you still biking? (laughs) He said, all morning, I have been driving my delivery truck, and I kept passing you. You know, I I would see you in this town, 
And then an hour later, I'd see you another 15 miles ahead on the road. And he said, you know, man, you're hardcore. What are you doing? And, you know, it just, I gave him a big hug and I said, I'm so sorry, I'm sweaty. And of course, I I told him about my bike trip. And so that was the greatest piece of encouragement on a day when I was so demoralized about the flat tires in Mississippi. Oh, that's funny. So what's a memorable example of someone who really helped you out when you were on the road? A few things come to mind. First of all, all the strangers who are friendly that just talk to you or in restaurants or, or wherever, and they give you tours of their town or they befriend you. I've had motel keepers say, hey, here's, I'll give you a free night stay in my motel. Bicycle shops that fixed my bike, and they were so kind and generous. One, one memory is I had a friend in Denver who surprised me on the road. He drove. I was in, I was in central Texas, approaching Abilene, Texas, and he decided to drive 11 hours one way <laughs> to surprise me on the road. And what he did was he found me, and then he drove a few miles ahead, and he brought his bicycle with him. Mm-hmm. So he drove a few miles ahead, and then he came towards me, and I was in farm country. I was kind of in the middle of nowhere in Texas. So all of a sudden, I see this bicyclist coming at me. And it was just a little peculiar because there's not many cyclists in, in farm country. And then he joined me and he said, hey, Steve. And that was my friend Bill. And that's just an incredible memory of the joy and happiness I had that I wasn't alone and I had a friend with me. Yeah, that would make a big difference, on, uh, especially when you're halfway across. And it's 900 miles across Texas. That's a big state, depending on where you enter it and exit it. So if someone out there in Radioland was taking a shine to the idea of a marathon bike trip, what advice would you give them? The first piece of advice is have lots of cycling experience. You don't want to go out there and be a newbie or you know a beginner and all of a sudden you're biking up your first mountain pass and realize how hard it is. Uh, but then secondly, you definitely need the time, you need the money, and then you know the main thing is you just have to have that attitude of, I'm going to take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to treat it like an adventure and have that attitude of, what am I going to experience today? What people will I meet? And then lastly, You've got to be open to having a few meltdown days, (laughs) days where everything goes wrong and you're going to want to quit and you're going to be too tired. You've got to expect to have those kinds of days. Steve, we're running out of time, but I appreciate you stopping by today and good luck on your trip. Thank you so much. It's it's great to be here. We've been talking with Steve Garufi, uh, Valley resident and the author of Under a Triumphant Sky, a, a Bike Across America story. He will be leaving from Newport Beach in California and riding all the way to Washington, D.C., moving on to Delaware within the next couple of weeks. Isn't that right? I start on Saturday, February 23rd. So I'm preparing and getting ready, and I'm as nervous as you wouldn't believe, and I'm working out at the gym. How about stopping by the program uh, upon your return and telling us some more stories? Oh, I'm sure I'll have plenty of stories. I, I would love to have do another talk. Great. Steve, thanks much. My name's Gary, and this has been Valley Views. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. 
Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 